0: We are in Alma 48 today, and the very first verse talks about that Amalekiah, and it's been four years as we've talked about, um, has obtained the kingdom, and he's gotten what he's wanted, but we learn very fast in verse 2, he hasn't lost sight of his goal, and his goal is to reign over all the land, the Nephites and the Lamanites. He's just so prideful and wicked. And it tells us in verse 1 that he began to inspire the hearts of the Lamanites against the people of Nephi. And right off the bat, the question that I would ask is, how important is it what we listen to and what we watch? How much of an effect do you think that has in your life? The media, social media, the TV, the news, all that we listen to, how much of an effect do you think it has? and how impartial do you think that is and um i would really have a discussion with your kids and ask them do you think that it changes your thinking what you see and and truly it's amazing to note we have had pandemics in the past i think someone was telling me the other day we've had like 15 The only difference in this one is the effect of the media and how it has really stirred us into this frenzy. And so the way that we're reacting is very different than any other time. And it's really hard to feel peaceful and to feel like it's being handled in a great way because everyone seems to have a different opinion and everyone seems to be pointing fingers. And when you think of Joseph Smith, who talks about There was a tumult of opinions and a war of words. I feel like that describes our country and our world. It's just such a weird thing. So I would talk about um, how brilliant this was of Amalekiah to have this constant stream of negativity coming to the Lamanites. And he did it for a purpose. And we know in verse 3, he accomplished his design. He hardened the hearts of the Lamanites and blinded their minds and stirred them up to anger. That was what he wanted. So no longer was there this group of Lamanites that remembered going to war with the Nephites and being outnumbering the Nephites two to one and being decimated and their leader being scalped and the scalp on the point of the sword and knowing that Moroni had really let them go and what a gift that was if they would covenant peace. None of them are remembering this anymore. They are all in their anger. Their hearts are hardened and they want to fight and their minds are blind and that's such a scary thing and there is such a effect of negativity if we allow it. We have to be so careful what we allow into our mind and what we spend time doing and it's interesting that the Lord really asks so little of us with come follow me and daily scripture study and daily prayer. And we have that scripture by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. And really the time that we spend doing those things is so minimal compared to everything else. But it's so critical that we have that so that the spirit can be our guide. And just as my parents taught me, My mom said her and my dad had been in the habit for the last couple years before my dad died of inviting the spirit to be their constant companion and that's something that really impacted me that I've started to do and it's so important that we have that so that we can see through and that we aren't blinded and our hearts aren't hardened and so I really love this. Okay, so I want you to jump to verse 7, and it tells us, Now while Amalekiah had been attaining power by fraud and deceit. So those are two of the things that Satan uses, trickery deceit lying he is the master of lies the father of all lies so here Amalekiah is just a partner with him Moroni on the other hand had been preparing the minds of the people and that's what we want to be faithful to the Lord their God so what can we do as a family to make sure our minds are being prepared to be faithful to the Lord our God what can we take in that is a can offset that constant stream of negativity or what can we delete from our family? What can we exclude? What can we make sure we're not watching or listening to? Okay, and so it tells us in 8 and 9 what he's been doing. He's been strengthening the armies of the Nephites. Not only does he have armies, he's making sure they're strengthened. He's been erecting small forts or places of strength. Um, throwing up banks of earth, walls of stone to encircle. And in their weakest fortifications, he's been making them even stronger and putting greater numbers of men to prepare. So all of this is doing all that he can to then stand still and know God will back them. We have to do all in our power. And it just so correlates to Joseph Smith after he got the um, plates, he was told if he did all in his power, and remember they even broke his, I think a thumb, when he was running, he was hit. Um, many people came and tried to find them and the spirit would prompt him to move them. It so correlates to this. We It doesn't mean that we get to sit back and that God will fight the battle for us. We have to do all in our power. And if we do, he fights with us and strengthens us and allows us to do more than we ever thought we were capable of. But we have to do all in our power. And I love that it caused. Calls it in verse 10, the cause of their Christians. And it's funny because, again, it says that was called by their enemies. So it is a nickname that they were given, and I love that they willingly took it. What a great nickname. Okay, I love that it describes in verse 11 Moroni. And the reason I love this is we will get to the point where he writes the letter to Pahoran, and we know Moroni was not a perfect man. I would call Moroni um, a captain for a reason. He is very black and white. He is very blunt. And he does what he thinks is right. And luckily, what he thinks is right is right. So um, verse 11, And Moroni was a strong and mighty man. He was a man of perfect understanding. Here again, I would pause and say, what does that mean to you? Perfect understanding. What do you think that means? And it goes on, a man who did not delight in blood, um, a man who sold a joy and liberty and freedom of the country and his brethren from bondage and slavery. So he really gloried in his country, their freedom, and all of the people who lived in his country with him, them having their freedom and their rights. And so again, I would ask, "What does perfect understanding mean to you? What would that mean if we could have someone with perfect understanding, and some of the things that I have there is an eternal perspective in the wisdom of God. It has to be the wisdom of God. It has to have foresight of what matters most, what matters most, what we're willing to sacrifice for for the longer goal. The end goal. Okay, and then I love that it goes on in 12. A man whose heart did swell with thanksgiving. So gratitude. We see that as a pattern with with all of our religious leaders. Gratitude for the privileges and blessings bestowed upon um, a man who did labor exceedingly for the welfare and safety of the people. He worked. A man who was firm in the faith of Christ and had sworn with an oath to defend his people, even to the loss of his own blood. And the thing I love there is, um, I just have written there, we as parents have sworn an oath. We took an oath and a covenant in the temple to do this very thing, to defend our people, And that is our marriages and our family, even to the loss of our own blood. And I had never, when I saw that written, that was written before, I thought, oh my gosh, I remember when that struck me. That we took an oath and a covenant when we were married in the temple to defend our people. And our people is our marriage and our family. And I love that, even to the loss of our own blood and the church. So I love that, our God and our church. So we have also taken an oath to do that. Okay, it goes on and it says, um, it tells us that if they never give an offense, they don't start it, but if they do all in their power again, as I said, that God would prosper them. And I did, one of the thoughts I have started doing in my study is it's amazing how many times That it is said, if we keep the commandments, God will prosper us. So I've started keeping a tally. So here's one of those places that I've marked that it says it again and again and again. And just in my scripture study today, I'm up to number four. (laughs) So it says it a lot. And there's a reason that it must say it a lot. So that's pretty cool. If we keep the commandments, we are promised we will be prospered. And not just one time, but many, many, many times. Okay. All right, and that God would, um, through the Spirit, tell them how to defend themselves and where to go to deliver themselves and defend themselves. We're just promised so much from God. And then jump down to 17. So again, this discussion of Moroni, what does it mean to have perfect understanding? Okay, verse 17. Verily I say to you, if all men had been and were and ever would be likened to Moroni, behold, the very powers of hell would have been shaken forever. Yea, the devil would never have power over the hearts of the children of men. He was a man likened to Ammon, the sons of Mosiah. Yea, even the other sons of Mosiah. Yea, and also Alma and his sons. For they were all men of God. Now behold, Helaman and his brethren were no less serviceable. Okay, so I have that cross referenced with Mosiah 28:4, And if you go to Mosiah 28, 4, that is where we are introduced to Alma the younger and the sons of Mosiah. And this is what it says. And thus the spirit of the Lord worked upon them for they were the very vilest of sinners. And the Lord saw fit in His infinite mercy to spare them, so I think it is so important that we have those cross reference to see what we can become through repentance that the lord's arm is stretched out still, and I love that because here they become where Satan shakes for their good. And I. this is one of my most favorite scriptures to use in seminary and say to the kids, wouldn't you love that to be said of you? Wouldn't you love if Satan shook in the morning when you woke up just going, dang it, I hate them so bad. I can't get them. I can't persuade them. I can't get them off course. And man, they do so much good. They just frustrate my kingdom to no end. And I love that. The very powers of hell would be shaken forever. I just think that is an incredible thing. And so again, that question, What does it mean? to have perfect understanding. And how did he become like that? What does it describe Moroni is doing to become like that and these other men of God? And so I just love that because it's just obvious. It's those small and simple things and how important they are. And to really be so careful what we listen to, that constant stream, because the world does have a constant stream of negativity that we can plug into that can harden our hearts and blind our minds. And we need to be so careful that the Spirit is our constant companion. Okay, now it tells us, um, if we go to verse 20, that the people had humbled themselves and they were free from war for four years. During that time, Amalekiah was doing all of that he was doing to gain the Lamanites. And then it tells um, us they were compelled reluctantly to contend with their brethren, the Lamanites. They didn't want to go to war. Compelled means they have to. And it tells us in 23, they were sorry to take up arms against them. They did not delight in any of it. So sorry to be the means of sending any of their brethren to the eternal world, unprepared to meet God. And I love that it tells us just that the state of their hearts was so good. I just absolutely love that it makes that clear. Nevertheless, 24, they could. Not not suffer to lay down their lives, their wives and their children. And these words were huge to be massacred and massacred. And um, it has as a cross reference, martyred. So those who die in the cause of Christ, so massacred by the barbarous cruelty of those who had once been their brethren. And notice that is not saying the Lamanites, yea, and had dissented from the church. So these were once their brethren in Christ, once believers, once who believed what they did four years ago. These were lower judges, people they had voted for. These were members of the church. And that just makes me so sad and massacred and barbarous cruelty and dissented, dissented has the word apostasy. They had apostatized from the truth. They were so much worse than the Lamanites. And it truly is so sad. And then it tells us, um, 25, they could not bear, their brethren should rejoice. And that tells you how far gone they were, that they would glory in killing the Nephites, rejoice over the blood of the Nephites, so long as there were any who kept the commandments of God. And so I just really love this illustration of Moroni and who he was in contrast to Amalickiah and those who had descended from the church and the Nephites and where their hearts were. And so really the message is, what is the stream that you are listening to? And how do we offset that constant stream of negativity that we have in the media and that we have in television and we have from so many sources in the world. How do we make sure that we are in tune to the still small voice and that we invite that companionship of the Holy Ghost so it can offset and warn us when there is danger? And just as it did with Moroni, tell him where to go to have God's backing and to win the war. That's what I love about this chapter. It's so inspiring and it is amazing to know that we can become as moroni and the sons of alma and or yeah sons of alma sons of helaman sons of mosiah and alma the younger we can become as them and the very jaws of hell can shake for our good i so long to be like that but i know it is a journey And that it begins a process every day of asking for the companionship of the Holy Ghost. And doing those small and simple things. I hope that you will have a great discussion. I'm excited to hear what my children say. What it means to have perfect understanding. How we get that and become like Moroni. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know the Savior loves you.